This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Hey everybody, this is Jeff Pasquino here. Hopefully everybody can hear me as I guest host this show for the first time. Already, so far, so good, man. Uh, you know, it's pretty difficult uh, dealing with the switchboard and everything, but, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you uh, jumping in uh, in Red versus Blue. My name's Mike Trent. Uh, Jeff Pasquino is uh, uh, joining us, and uh, Jeff, what do you think so far? Well, I think we started off with a pretty good bang on uh, Thursday night. That was quite the game there, unless you're a defense lover. But if you if that's your forte, then I suggest you watch the uh, Ravens-Steelers on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Yeah, you know, that's going to be a very interesting game because uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, fantasy implications going on with, uh, say, uh, say, a guy like that I've loved, uh, Ray Rice, uh and then uh, there's going to be offensive implications with uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger and uh, Mendenhall and uh, some guys like that. Uh, what do you see, uh, Jeff? Uh, let, let's just jump right on into it uh, with the uh, Pittsburgh-Baltimore game because that's going to be a huge game. Uh, what do you see out of, uh, I would say, uh, Big Ben and uh, and uh, Richard Mendenhall? Well, I was thinking we would run down the whole the whole gamut of the games, but let's jump right into the uh, Baltimore Pittsburgh game. Uh, I actually think this is game is going to be different than be, what people expect. I'm not expecting ten nine thirteen ten. I'm actually spe- expecting a pretty good uh, good number of points in this game because I think both secondaries are banged up, and I think that both guys are going to come out there firing. Uh, Flacco is going to want to show that that they can you know, play against the Steelers and try and open up the offense uh, to try and spread out the Steelers. The Steelers are going to try and do the same thing to the Ravens. Both those defenses are rapidly aging. Uh, Big Ben is a great quarterback, but Joe Flacco just, it seems that the Steelers just have his number for some reason. I think both these guys are going to have good days passing. I wouldn't really, I would not really fear starting any fancy guys in this week. Really? So, uh, out of, out of that game, uh, we'll just uh, focus on uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Out of that game, Jeff, uh, is there any one guy that sticks out that is going to be your fantasy stud? Well, I think Ray Rice has always done well against the Ravens. Uh, I'm sorry, against the Steelers. And it's it, it, historically that you would think that that would be a tough matchup, but he always seems to hold his own. And I think that in a PPR league, I would not flinch for a second in uh, starting him because – Todd Heap's gone, uh, and somebody's going to get the dump-off pass, and you're going to be looking for a few screens to Ray Rice to the, uh, on, on Sunday. So look for them to, to be putting up a, a good number of points. Um, uh, for Steelers' side, I'm not worried about Big Ben at all, and I'm not worried about Hall because uh, I think the front four is pretty good for the Ravens, but I think the uh, the linebackers are aging. Ray, Ray, Ray Lewis is a great 
Hall of Fame linebacker, but time is starting to catch up with the guy. It really is. So uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, I wouldn't sweat it. Normal starters, I wouldn't really not sweat it too much. Right. What, what what game would you like to go to next there, uh, Jeff? Well, let me see here. So we, we obviously we talked about the Thursday night. We should talk about the Thursday night game a little bit more. Uh shouldn't gloss over that. Uh, both those quarterbacks okay. played fantastic. Uh, uh, it was a great finish. Everybody's going to remember the finish, but it was still an eight-point game, not a seven-point game. And I really think that the – that they made a mistake not going for two after the first touchdown because knowing if you're down by seven or down by nine is a huge difference. So really, I know you keep your players motivated and whatnot, but I would have gone for the two there to know if I needed one score or two just to see uh, just to see how things went. But both those quarterbacks had fantastic nights. Drew Brees, fantastic numbers. Aaron Rodgers just shredded that de- the, the Saints defense who can't seem to tackle to save their lives. We see that Jimmy Graham is everything that we thought we could, he could be. Jermichael Finley had a good night, but everybody else seemed to find the end zone but him. Uh, I'm not really worried about Ingram, but I'd be looking to trade for him in Fantasy League because I think what I did see is that Ingram is going to get the ball at the goal line. He didn't get in this week, but he's going to get the ball. So I really like that uh, sign going forward. And we just learned today that Marcus Colston is going to be out a few weeks because he, he broke his collarbone. So Devery Henderson is a good pickup. He had 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Lance Moore is probably a decent pickup as well if he gets healthy because he's going to get a lot of targets. But that's even more reason to like Jimmy Graham this weekend. Okay, well let me let me uh, reflect on this game uh, uh, from last night, if you don't mind, Jeff. Uh, so the, right ahead. Uh, the Ingram, uh, what was it? Thirteen carries, forty yards. Uh, that doesn't bother you. No, because what I see is that Green Bay is a tough defense, and B.J. Raji is a big body to try and move, and they couldn't. Last night, or the, you know, they 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 played him really tough. But what I saw was that Ingram was getting the the money carries for the, the for the Saints, not Pierre Thomas. So they're not always going to be playing the Green Bay Packers every week. So what's going to happen going forward is everybody's down on Ingram, but I'm not worried at all because I think Ingram is going to be your guy getting the goal line carries for the Saints, which is a high powered offense. He's going to wind up with ten plus touchdowns this year. Okay, and uh, you know I I can see that maybe uh, I totally don't I I just disagree with you on that Jeff. But uh, bottom line is uh, you know we we all have our opinions on that. But uh, it was a great game, and uh, those uh, both those quarterbacks. Uh, let's face it, uh, Breeze. Uh, I mean this guy is super sharp, and you know. I, both those quarterbacks looked so good last night, didn't they? Absolutely. And I think that's going to be a trend that, that continues. And, uh, you know, we didn't talk about my QB value rating that we talked about, uh, that I wrote about for football guys, but both those guys topped 80-plus on that, and that's a huge number for both those guys. I mean, when you have – when you completed 14 out of 15 passes and three touchdowns in the first quarter and the only incompletion is when you threw away, that's a pretty good start to your season. And that's, that was Aaron Rodgers' numbers in the first quarter last night. So you, you just got to love that. Uh, I mean, really, again? Jeff, that, that, that's incredible. And, uh, you know, I just wonder, uh, you know, with the FFPC, they're, they're having a draft as we speak. And, you know, I just wonder if any of those quarterbacks are just moving up the ladder, uh, you know, because, yeah, 
it's hard to say how quarterbacks go. You know, they go here, they go there. Uh, you know, one year it's early, uh, first round, second round. Next year it's uh, third round, fourth round. Uh, but uh, after uh, last night's performance out of those two, uh, that could make a real impact out of the uh, FF, FFPC draft that's going on right now, don't you think? Absolutely, and I think that guys like uh, you know, anybody who blew up, like I mean, R- Randall Cobb is going to be worth a ton now. I think uh, Jordy Nelson is definitely going to be worth more than expected. Absolutely, uh, I think Jimmy Graham is going to be worth more, and I think Finley might slide a little bit, but not too much. Right, and you know, I I, I I agree with you. I mean, you know, Randall Cobb, I think I think his uh, his value went up. Jordy Nelson's value went way up. So, uh, you know, he may go from a, uh, you know, a 10th, you know, a 12th, 13th, 14th round. Uh, he may move up into the uh, uh, ninth or 10th round uh, in the FFPC draft. Uh, you never know, Jeff. And, you know, that's that's the impact of one game, though. And that's what all everybody has to understand because, you know, a lot a lot of things can happen between now and uh, next uh, uh, next Sunday. So, uh, what's uh, have you heard anything uh, any more on uh, Peyton Manning? Uh, he's he's probably out for two to three months, and, and I'm looking at. I'm sorry, I just <laughs> fired up the chat room, figuring out how to do that. So, yeah, bear with the new host, guys. Sorry. sorry about that. <laughs> I'm not the new host. I'm the co-host. I'm just guesting. So I appreciate Scott and Mike uh, graciously extending the invitation to me to kind of run this show and well, see if I can figure out figure out all these fancy buttons here. Oh, hey, I'll tell you what, Jeff. I, these buttons and all this chat room and stuff. Hey, I, I, I'm still not. I'm still not into it. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's just a lot of fun to see what uh, see what happens with uh, Peyton and. Uh, a lot of the guys in the chat room actually, uh, I thought might be in uh, in Vegas. Uh, yeah, we, I, I was thinking that too. Uh, how's the uh, high stakes uh, leagues going so far, Jeff? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I've uh, I'm in a lot more of the, uh, the the satellite online stuff. Just my my schedule and timeline. That's how it kind of works out for me. But I've I've got my toe in uh, you know FF. PC. I can't play in the football guys one not allowed, but I've played in the FFPC. I got an NFFC team. Uh, I've got um, I've got a Rotoball team. So I, I've you know, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all that's left that's out there from, yeah. the, from the so. But I'm I'm in all of them, and uh, they all offer their little nuances and you know wrinkles here and there. But uh, I, I I like them all. I like them all. I, I you know I, I still. You know, some of my teams are draft masters, and some of my teams are, you know, you know, I, I think every team, I don't think every team's going to have a stud, you know, in every spot if it's a if it's a tight league, and somebody's going to like I've got quarterback decisions this week between Eli Manning and Joe Flacco, and I'm scratching my head over that one still, and I might be sweating right. that until uh, figuring that one out. But um, there's another game we could talk about. We could jump that uh, the the Giants and the Redskins. Um, there's going to be a lot of motion in that game because it's it's nine eleven. It's two cities yeah. that were very much impacted by, you know, that that unnatural disaster by uh, by that act from 10 years ago, and there's going to be a lot of patriotism all weekend. But once that game kicks off and there's a touchback, uh, we'll have uh, a pretty interesting game going forward. I think that Eli's going to try and establish himself as a good passer, 
Uh, it's something he hasn't done. He has thrown zero touchdowns in, in preseason. And I think the Redskins are going to try and establish the run because they, uh, the Giants are going to be starting, who knows, a middle linebacker. It could be Craig Jones. They really don't know who their middle linebacker is going to be this week. So um, it's going to be interesting. And Tuck may be out as well. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I picked the Giants. I wasn't confident in it, though. I and mean, that's, you know, it's it's hard to say. I think from a fantasy perspective, I think Knicks will do well. I think uh, I think you'll see both backs do well. I really like Brandon Jacobs. I think he's a huge value this year. Uh, and I think that you're going to see Santana Moss, and I think you're going to see uh, Hightower's your two big players uh, out, uh, out in Washington. Yeah, uh, no doubt, Jeff. I, I was looking at that game as well. Uh, I absolutely love Tim Hightower. Uh, you know, he's got the, the a stigma, I guess you could say, for fumbling the ball so many times. But, uh, you know, I, I really think with that offense, uh, he'll be able to run the ball. And uh, the Giants, they could be down a little bit this year. So, uh, you know, it would not surprise me at all to see Washington uh, – you know, have a big game and win that game, uh, especially if they can, uh, if they can, you know, get the running game going. And uh, with Tim Hightower, Tim Hightower is a player to watch in that game. And uh, like you said, uh, Knicks, I'm really interested to see what Knicks does uh, against that secondary, which it could be could be a little weak. So uh, Knicks and uh, Hightower are my two players. Yeah, yeah, I think those are those are great calls in that game. So um, I say we just go ahead and jump on to another game here that's uh, that's coming up. Um, let's see, let's stick to the one o'clock rather than jumping into the four o'clock so much. But you know, there's lots of good games in the docket. I think Detroit Tampa Bay. There's a lot of people that are gonna be watching that game. Tampa Bay does not get a lot of coverage, but Detroit sure has this year, and they've been the sleeper darling team across the board this year. Um, Matthew Stafford is healthy week one. We know that. Uh, he's got Calvin Johnson. He's got Nate Burleson. Uh, he's got Brandon Pettigrew. He's got Javid Best. All all these guys are probably on fancy teams and probably starting this week. And Tampa's got Josh Freeman, who could be starting for people. Um, LeGarrette Blunt, and they've hinted in Tampa Bay if that's going to be a committee or if he's just going to be the first and second down back. Mike Williams and Aurelius Ben. I don't think Ben's starting for anybody yet, but he's well, a good guy to roster and see how he pans out. That's going to be a very interesting game and see how those got, those teams fare as Tampa Bay starts to play a really tough schedule this year. Yeah, you know what? It's it's going to be uh, that that's going to be a fun game to watch. And you know what? I think uh, I think people will look back on this game, Jeff. Even though it's week one, I think people will look back on it and it might be a signature game because both of these teams are playoff possibility, and I really mean that. Um, you know, I, I, I stated uh, stated a couple of days ago that uh, Detroit and Oakland will make the playoffs. Uh, you know, I just, those just, you know, I, I just feel that way. Uh, but in the Detroit-Tampa Bay game, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, I think LeGarrette Blunt has a huge game. I think Mike Williams has a huge game. I think Josh Freeman just does what he needs to do. It's kind of the old uh, Trent Dilfer type of thing uh, from a, long, a few years back. Uh, he does what he needs to do. But, uh LeGarrette Blunt, I think, has a big game, uh, but Detroit, their defense is solid. So, how many is LeGarrette Blunt going to get? I mean, 
Is he going to score a touchdown? You know, my, that, that's a big question because that Detroit defense is that good. So, Absolutely. Uh, that, that, that front, yeah, that that, front four is going to be dominant. Two up-and-coming teams that, uh, you know, it's under the radar, but they're great teams. Absolutely. I think that that's going to be an interesting matchup. And remember, last year, Detroit played Chicago, I believe, week one. They lost on that controversial touchdown on that Calvin Johnson touchdown catch that wasn't. And that really set the tone for their season. And they kind of, after that, and Stafford got hurt, this really, they were never the same team. So, week one is important for the Lions to get off and running. Tampa Bay, I don't think they're a playoff team this year because their schedule is just too tough this year. I don't think they're going to get there. They may be a better team this year and have fewer wins. Yeah, you know, and that makes sense. I mean, just, uh, it's just tough to figure out. Uh, but uh, Detroit, yeah, there's no doubt about it in my mind. They're a playoff team, and uh, they got a, they got some attitude with them. Um, you know, and, and Dominic Sue, I mean, he's got some attitude, and I, I love it. I, I love the way he plays, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of players that uh, need to learn from him. Absolutely. So speaking of dominant players and teams that with attitudes, we got Atlanta and Chicago coming up. Uh, Atlanta's trying to show everybody that they're they're a fast break offense as well, kind of what uh, the Saints and the Packers did on Thursday night. The Atlanta one get, gets in that game as well and with Julio Jones. How good is he going to be this year? I personally think that he's going to challenge Roddy White for the number one role this year. He could wind up being the, the better target and the better player for fantasy and NFL this year as Roddy White could be moving on to somewhere else. They may not want to pay him next year, but we'll see about that. And Tony Gonzalez is there, Michael Turner, to punch it in from the short range. Probably not great starters, but they're probably they're certainly viable fantasy players. And Matt Ryan has got, you know, some people are saying he's got a tough schedule this year, but I don't see it. I think that, that they, they play in a dome. They play a good – if they're a good team, they're going to be able to shred anybody, as you saw what Drew Brees did to Green Bay. And Green Bay is a solid defense, so – if you're a good passing team, you can pretty much make your case for a strong offense this year. The Bears, good question about their offense and their offensive line. Owen Krutz is gone. The center is out. That's the linchpin right in the middle. Very tough situation. Mike Martz is uh, he's going to try and throw the ball around to lots of different wide receivers. Allegedly, Roy Williams and Hester are your starters, but who knows about Johnny Knox or Earl Bennett. Uh, they're not going to use the tight end there, but Forte is going to be used a lot of the backfield. Marion Barber is out probably week one. I think they've already said that. But really, the offensive line and what Mike Tice does to, to coach up that line is going to be key for the Bears. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, honestly, Jeff, uh, one thing about Atlanta is how close were they to the Super Bowl last year? This team, I mean, this team hasn't changed. They're that good. I mean, they're good enough to make it to the Super Bowl. They're good enough. Uh, obviously, to beat Chicago in Chicago, I believe. And yeah. they have so many weapons. Uh, they do the right things. Uh, they push the right buttons. Uh, as far as uh, figuring out which player and players to, uh, to you know, the, to target for Atlanta, that's, that's tough. Uh, I mean, because, you know, Michael Turner, he can have a huge game and he can lay down. And then you never know. It could be Roddy White all day long. So uh, it's going to be very different. But uh, I, I expect uh, I expect Atlanta to, uh, you know, I think they'll dominate that game. I really do, Jeff. I, just because they 
they were that close in the Super Bowl last year, and they're going to get closer and closer this year. So, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, that's just the way I see it. As far as Detroit goes, uh, Detroit's got a lot of upside. I mean, there, there's uh, – I'm sorry, not Detroit, but uh, but Chicago. Matt Forte, injury pro, I, I don't like anybody on Detroit's team right now, fantasy-wise. Uh, I mean, I, I would love to take Matt Forte, but I can't do it. Well, I think Matt Forte, you saw last year he put up numbers, very good numbers with a bad offensive line. So um, I I think that Mike Martz finds a way to get him the ball and dump him off, use him in the Marshall Falk kind of role, not to him comparing him to Marshall Falk, but he in that role. I think he's a, a running back two with a running back one upside in a PPR league, uh, unlike where Michael Turner is a solid running back two and not much upside. But I agree with you. There is concern there, and Marion Barber may eventually steal goal line touches, so that's a concern as well. I'm I'm not chasing Matt Forte this year, um, but I could see that he's got decent value. I wouldn't grab him in the first three rounds, though. That's not something I would I would have done this year. But um, I, I think that this is going to be an interesting game, um, and I can I can walk through some of the picks that I've made this year. And I write the for the win column at Football Guys and. I was actually doing pretty good the last two years. I've been well over 50% and pretty much across the board. So I like I like Atlanta. Normally I like to go with teams that with more IDP kind of playmakers, and you got you know lots of you know you got your Erlocker, you got your Briggs, you got your Adonija, you got your Peppers, but that secondary is banged up, and Atlanta's going to fast break. And and, and uh, the second I just like Atlanta to go in there, and if you're going to play Chicago, there couldn't be a better time to do it than week on the road. Couldn't be a better time to play Chicago than week one. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. Because uh, you're 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 catching them in uh, early uh, September when it's uh, the weather isn't too bad. So I mean that's a perfect spot. Uh, Speaking of Chicago, uh, one thing I've been curious about is uh, Devin Hester. Uh, This guy, you know, I, I. I still feel like he has a, a big potential. And uh, what do you think about Devin Hester, Jeff? Well, that was one guy I actually stole. I actually just—I think I stole him in the NFFPC Draft Masters, and I got him like round sixteen or eighteen, something ridiculous like that. And the reason I think he's a steal is because you got that action scoring. And if you got a best ball Draft Masters with action scoring. There's not a guy you like better than Devin Hester late because the guy's going to return a kick at some point this year, you know, once or twice, and that's going to count. <laughs> so that's a great thing to have as a wide receiver five or six. Now, as a normal fantasy league, he is a nightmare. I, I, I can't figure out when I would start him. Uh, it, it, it's like you, people are probably banging their heads against the wall with Jordy Nelson and, and uh, Cobb, the rookie, last night, but or even Sproles. Yeah. But when do you honestly believe that you're going to say, I'm going to wake up and say, you know what, this is a great week to start one of those guys. Unless you've got guys that are banged up or you guys, or if you're in the middle of bye weeks and you're thin, uh, when are you going to start those guys? It'll drive you insane. So don't feel bad unless you're – I mean, the, you have to understand the rules of your league. If you're in a best ball league where you know, your best scores count and you don't have to worry about who's on your bench and who's not – that's the kind of link where you go after these players with huge boom, huge bust kind of weeks with Devin Hester, Devery Henderson. Um, those kind of guys who can return a kick or have a huge week or catch a 50-yard bomb and, and then just disappear after that. 
That, that's that's where you want to have this guy. I think Hester has the potential to be a good receiver, but I don't think that you're ever going to see a consistent performance in that offense from any wide receiver, including Knox, including Bennett, including um, you know, Roy Williams, who you know, he's not going to be right. consistent. Let's not even go there. Right, we're you know almost... what? I mean, that makes a lot of sense, Jeff. And you know, I'm I'm just you know, I, it's it's hard to plug in a player each week. I mean, you would love to plug in nine, ten players that you love and just immediately plug them in. But uh, right now, it, it's kind of hard to do that, especially at the wide receiver position. Uh, it's very tough. I, I'd like to talk about uh, Buffalo and Kansas City. Uh, speaking of wide receivers. Uh, how reliable and how good uh, can Dwayne Bowe be this year? I think in a PPR league, he's he's solid and reliable. As if, but if you're drafting him, expecting the number of touchdowns that he had last year, you're overbuying. You're you're way you're going to be disappointed. I mean, he had what 15 touchdowns last year. That's ridiculous. Yep. That's not going to happen again. He may get 70 or 80 catches again. He may break a thousand yards. I'll give him that because there's not a whole lot of other options in the receiving. Uh, for Kansas City right now. Breston is even starting. Jeremy Urban is terrible. I don't know how, why he's starting. Uh, Tony Mwaki is hurt. Uh, so it's going to be Lance. It's going to be uh, um, Jamal Charles and even maybe McCluster out of the backfield driving that offense aside from Bo. So I like Bo. He had a lot of work. I just don't know if the touchdowns are still going to be there. To flip the coin to the Buffalo, I like Fred Jackson. I think Fred Jackson is going to get a lot of work, especially on screens, because the offensive line is terrible. So you're looking for dump-offs to him, and kind of a little Sean McCoy, kind of uh, Matt Forte, lots of dump-offs to him. They're they're souring on Spiller. And and Steve Johnson, I like him to stretch the field, go deep. But he's a tough he's a tough start because they don't – Lee Evans is gone. He, I don't know if Johnson's a real number one, and nobody's starting opposite it opposite of him to draw attention to the defense. It's a tough sell for me to be him. He'd be a number one wide receiver. That's very interesting because I, I just made a note. Would you take Dwayne Bowe or Stevie Johnson as uh, how many points? Who's going to score the most fantasy points this year, Dwayne Bowe or Steve Johnson? Bowe. Bowe, Bowe, by far. Because I don't think that the – Matt Castle is going to throw to Bowe ten times a week. I don't know if you're going to say the same thing about Steve Johnson every week, and they're going to. And I like Fitzgerald, but he's he's going to get hammered on that offensive line. Uh, and again, who's going to draw attention? They they both struggle with. There's no wide receiver too, but Steve Reston should eventually get that job in Kansas City. I really believe that's going to have to happen. Uh, they're they're not that stupid. They can't sign him for a contract and then bench him. So Breston will get that job. And the, I think with that plus the threat of Jamal Charles, which will keep the – they're going to bring eight down the box, at least three up top for for Bo to, to try and stretch the field. I think Bo is going to get his and then some. Johnson may not. Okay. Well, sounds like it should be a pretty good game uh, with Buffalo and Kansas City. Uh, is there another game, another 1 o'clock game that sticks out at you, uh, Jeff? I mean, I well, we we would be we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Houston and Indy. I mean, this game. Yeah. You know, only, what person could swing a point spread more than ten points? His name is Peyton Manning. So, personally, I liked it. I I wished that that didn't happen because I loved 
Houston in this game. Absolutely love them. This is the game where they come out and say, you know what, we got to win. We got to show that we're for real. They're gonna they're gonna demolish Indianapolis this week. I know that. I don't think Arian Foster is gonna play. I really don't. And what that really is gonna give the opportunity for is for Ward and Tate to get the ball. And you're gonna see how much better Tate is than Ward. Tate is fantastic. He looks fantastic right now. He looked great before he got hurt last year. He's going to look great again. And he's going to be a threat to get touches and say, you know what, he looks so good, I'm not sure we can give Foster a full load. That's another reason I would not draft Foster in the first round. I think Tate is that good. I think Houston's going to put a lot of points up on the board. The Colts are going to be in trouble. I think Houston's going to blow them out, win by at least Ten. I don't know what the point line is. I last I saw it was eight and a half. So I said Houston is still going to win by that number. It might be double digits by the time they kick off, if not sooner. But uh, Houston is just going to rack up points on Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis, if they're smart, they're going to probably go with two tight end sets and try and run the ball. But I don't know if they have enough blocking to do so. Well, Jeff, uh, you know, I I totally agree with you. Now, say uh, Peyton Manning was playing. Uh, I think that spread wouldn't be 10. It might be three. Houston still might be favored in this game. That's, you know, that that's the impact. Uh, well, two, week, two I, weeks ago. I still believe that, you know, I mean, it, they're favored by 10 now, and it was three. Or uh, it was, I think it would be three if Peyton was playing. Um, two weeks ago. But, uh, two weeks ago before. Before, sorry, Mike, but two weeks ago, before all this news started to break, the Colts were favored by one point. So that's how much we swing. That is right, yeah. So that's how big of a difference. Now, that that means Houston's favored. Uh, The game's in Houston, right? So I think the game. So so the Colts were the favorite. Yeah, you had three for the home field. So, the, yeah, there's your inter- – that, that's, it is very interesting. I think that's a lot of respect by Vegas. Uh, and, again, sometimes they game those lines to try and get a little bit more even spread, even play on both sides. But, you know, any game inside of three points, you're basically calling a coin flip. So, uh, But I think, yeah, I think Houston is really going to step up and say this is our division this year and really run away with the division this season. Well, and you know what? I, I would like to. I would like to think that. Uh, you know, because Matt Schaub last year, uh, honestly, he had a down year. Uh, but I mean, these guys. I mean, this is their year. I mean, we've been talking about Houston over and over again for the last what three years now, and now now is their time. Well, I think Mark Schlaris had a, had a great line where he said the offense was 12-4 and four, the defense was 4-12. and 12. That's why they're 8-8 eight eight every year. That's a fantastic way to put it. And uh, I think that's spot on. But uh, one of the persons in the chat room just asked about uh, DeLone Carter, which I think is a great you – know, that's a guy I've been drafting all my dynasty leagues. I think he's a great running back. I think he's better than a die. I think this is a great opportunity for him because if they're going to go to a more conventional offense – Carter's going to fit in much more than a die will. And I think Carter's going to get a lot of touches because if they're going to run the ball 25, 30 times a week, that's not a recipe for a die. That's a two-back recipe. Carter's going to see the field, and he's going to get a lot of work. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, Carter's going to be a, he's going to be a stud for Indy. And, uh, you know, a guy, I, I, don't, I don't know what kind of future a guy has in Indy right now. I, 
I really think it's more of a comfort thing. If it wasn't for the lockout, I don't think he would have been back personally. But but I think uh, he's got a role to play. But I think he's really passing the torch to Carter at some point this year. And they've already made Carter the number two in the depth chart. So that's just how much they believe in that guy already. Let's go ahead and move over to another game. They got a big offensive game potential again here. We have the Eagles at the Rams. So I can't. I don't think we have enough time to talk about every person that's could have fancy value in this game. But I'll tell you, a sleeper in this game is Lance Kendricks. Lance Kendricks is going to have a great game because the Eagles can't cover tight ends. So look for Kendricks to get a lot of a lot of work. If you saw what, what uh, Jimmy Graham did on Thursday night, look for Kendricks to put up similar numbers with four or five catches over the middle and a touchdown against the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to win the game, but it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I think you're looking at a 34-31 kind of game. Yeah, you know what, Lance Kendricks, he's going, uh, he's going under the radar. As a matter of fact, I pulled it out uh, in the uh, Kentucky uh, division. I pulled, I was able to get Lance Kendricks in uh, round 14, and I just loved every minute of it. Uh, he was my second tight end off the board. Uh, and, you know, he he is he's loving that offense and uh, they're having a good time with it and uh, I, I I really feel like that uh, I, I really feel like that St Louis uh, may beat Philly. I mean I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but they may beat them because they're just they're young and fresh and uh, just having a lot of fun with that uh, with that uh, crew there, Jeff. Uh, Philly, uh, the team or uh, the player that. Uh, that I'd like to see is uh, I, Deshaun Jackson. Just he he, he kind of he's kind of curious. I mean he's kind of fun to watch and uh, but I, w- I want to see what this guy has to prove uh, against St. Louis. Uh, I, I think that's good, but I think the guy I actually like is uh, the guy that people have been questioning all all summer, um, it, which is. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I'm sorry. I try to deal with the chat room and also talk. So, uh, I think Jeremy, <laughs> Macklin, <laughs> Jeremy Macklin is the guy. I think uh, people have been questioning about him, about his health, and uh, how to deal with uh, you know, if he's coming back. He's been practicing all week, and the, and the sleeper, the, the tie-in that I love to look is that what's what's outside of the game plan and the numbers. Macklin is from St. Louis. He he went to he went to college at Missouri. He's going. It's a homecoming game for him. He's going to get 100 yards and a touchdown and be a monster this game. And I I, I would definitely get him in lineups across the board. Yeah, I mean uh, you know Jeremy Macklin. He's he's a uh, he's a no brainer right there. Um, we'll see. Uh, what about the uh, the one o'clock games? Uh, we pretty much covered it. Uh, is it one, oh, what do you is think there about the, a four-five game that sticks out at you, Jeff? Well, uh, we got you know I'll, I'll touch briefly on the on the one or two one o'clocks that we didn't hit on. I think Cleveland and Cincinnati is going to be interesting. I think Cleveland is going to really show people that their offense is for real this year. Uh, I, I don't think that I think Cincinnati. I think uh, AJ Green is the only guy with value there because I think he's going to get a lot of garbage points. Uh, but Cleveland, I think Peyton Hillis could be your number one fantasy running back this week against Cincinnati. They're just gonna, he's just gonna run all over Cincinnati this week. Yeah, yeah, and, I, I, and, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm just you know, scrolling up, looking at that game, and uh, you know, I think Peyton Hillis is going to be a stud uh, uh, to start this week. If you have him, uh, that'd be great. Cole uh, McCoy may not be that great of a start uh, because. They're going to be running the ball. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, A.J. Green, possibly, but 
in that game right now, I just see uh, Peyton Hillis as being the guy. Well, I think the one name that you have to really look for if you're looking for a sleeper tight end, and again, that's how deep the position is this year. Evan Moore has been the star of the, the training camp. I, I was a fan of Evan Moore last year. I liked him the year before. I think I think this is his third year. I'm not sure. But when he started to emerge, he's a big, big guy. And he's considered a tight end. But he's... I mean, he's he's the size of like an Anquan Bowden type, I and mean, he can go over the middle and people or Finley. He'll go over the middle, catch the ball down the seam, and bounce off a linebacker. So, if you're looking for one receiver and a sleeper guy to grab very late, Evan Moore is probably could be your leading receiver for Cleveland this year. Yeah. All right. Well, we uh, let's. Uh, I want to touch on a four o'clock game. There's one right. stick up at me. It's. Uh, Let's see, uh, Carolina, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Have we touched on that yet, Jeff? We have not. What do you think you about got... Carolina, Arizona? Uh, I think that if there's ever a week that you're going to start Beanie Wells with confidence, this is the week. So I think yeah. this is the week that you get him in there. Uh, the D tackles for Carolina have, were decimated. They they had their they they went out and got one in free agency. His name escapes me, but I think it was Edwards, and I think he went down with an injury, so they're banged up at D tackle. Um, they have questions at linebacker for injury. Normally, when they're they're all healthy, they're quite good, but they're banged up. Uh, and I think that I think that Beanie Wells is going to do well, and I also think that Kevin Cobb and Larry Fitzgerald are going to keep the uh, the offense balanced. And when you've got a guy named Captain Munnerlin starting as a corner as your corner for for Carolina, you've got issues on in your secondary. Uh, what what yeah, you talked about uh, Kevin Cobb? Uh, you know, I I'm a firm believer in uh, you know I believe this guy is a real good quarterback. Uh, I had a big opportunity last night. I mean, just a change of whether to start uh, Robert Meacham or Steve Smith. I went ahead with Robert Meacham. Uh, what kind of uh, impact do you think Steve Smith will have with uh, Cam Newton? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not very. I'm not sold on Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton is going to get points as, as a runner more than as a passer, but. Steve Smith has put up pretty good numbers with weaker quarterbacks. I think Matt Moore is actually a better pure thrower than Cam Newton, but Cam Newton can throw the ball up. And the way Steve Smith is, when he's healthy, you're basically just throwing the ball up and letting him go make a play, even in double coverage. So, uh, and that's what he could be facing all year long. If I'm defending uh, Carolina this year, I'm putting eight in the box, doubling Steve Smith, and taking my chances with everybody else. I'll, I'll let uh, my safety. I'll take a safety running against a tight end. If I'm Carolina, I'm putting two tight ends on the field more often than I'm not, and I'm trying to figure out how I can get both D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart on the field as well. I want to get my playmakers on the field because I don't trust any of their targets that are wide receiver twos. I don't trust Brandon LaFell. I don't trust. I think say say Ajiro Tutu was just picked up because the, the Chargers picked, uh, cut him, and then they picked him up in Carolina. They He may be the number two wide receiver before long. So, again, I think Steve Smith is going to get his own, but, again, predicting which weeks he's going to go off and finally get, jump up that and get that deep ball and score, very hard to tell. Yeah. Uh, and very, uh, you know, it, it is very hard to tell. Uh, what game? Uh, pick me a game, Jeff. Four o'clock game. All right, how about this barn burner, Seattle and San Francisco? How much you love that game? 
Oh, uh, well, I... actually, uh, <laughs> start everybody, I, I right? A little bit uh, because uh, San Francisco, Frank Gore, Frank Gore is going to be a beast uh, throughout that that entire division, and uh, I think he might uh, get off get off on the good foot, uh, so to speak, uh, starting the season. Uh, Seattle, I'm not so sure what they got. Yeah, they're banged up, too. I mean, Sidney Rice may not play. You got Ben Obamano, another dynasty uh, owner's name that uh, everybody kind of says who. He may be starting this week. So that's how, that's how and against opposite uh, big Mike Williams out there. Uh, Zach Miller, tight end. I'm not sure that uh, Tavares Jackson is going to be able to get in the ball. I think, Tavares, I think both quarterbacks are very, very iffy. Uh, there's going to be guys on the sidelines thinking, hmm, I can play better than this guy on both sides of those fields. So uh, I, I agree. I think Marshawn Lynch might actually get to some decent value, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, and maybe Leon Washington breaks something off for you. But this game was very hard for me to pick. I took Seattle on the points uh, when I picked this game. I think it's five and a half was what I took. It might be six in some oh, places. Man. But, yeah, I I think that's that's made, that's basically a coin flip. I'm thinking both these teams stink. I'll just take the points. I, I can see the game going either way, but I, I can see it going either either way. Really, honestly, um, but San Francisco has a good kicker. Uh, yeah, they got David Akers now. When you start trying to dissect the game with kickers, you're really reaching. Uh, Seattle could run a back, ball back with Leon Washington. So it, it's 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 crazy. So. I, I would if I was if you put a gun to my head I would probably uh, hope it wasn't loaded rather than watch this game but uh, <laughs> if you have to I, I think that you know this this game is really you know I, th- I think this is a suck for luck ball week one yeah <laughs> yeah if you're killing me buddy that, that, that's <laughs> funny but uh, you know a lot of truth with what you had to say right there uh, you know I, I just think San Francisco is going to have too much for them uh, too much offense too much Frank Gore. Uh, and that's going to be enough uh, to win the game. And uh, I, I agree with you. I, I like Frank. I like Gore there. I do feel like I do like Frank Gore there. But I think Alex Smith will find a way to screw it up. Yeah, yeah that's my fear. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, when you're talking about a spread of four and a half, five points, that's not, that that's Alex Smith's script zone, isn't it? Exactly. That's that's uh, why did you throw that ten yard out with a minute and a half left in the first half? Kind of play right there. Yeah. Um, I can see Marcus Trufant just dancing the end zone, and everybody's saying, "What's going on? What is Kaepernick warming up yet?" Yeah, that that could, that could easily be going on at halftime. So anything could happen in this game. So let's move on to a more interesting game. We got San Diego against Minnesota. I think San Diego. I think Phillip Rivers is going to throw the ball a ton in the first half, and I think that Mike Tolbert is going to pound it in the second half. Although, I think they're going to try and baby Ryan, uh, Ryan Matthews. I don't trust this guy. He's kind of the glass jaw Joe of running backs for me. Uh, I think everybody loves him. He's getting overdrafted way too much. He's not a feature running back. He's not a value guy. I don't see it. Mike Tolbert is the guy to grab. Goal line vulture. He's the stronger, the more durable guy. And if San Diego jumps out to a lead, uh, he's going to be the guy that winds down the clock. He's the he's the Marion Barber when he was healthy of the Chargers. I see that San Diego could win this game by three touchdowns. Well, you know I love San Diego to win this game easy, uh, but I I got to disagree. I think uh, they're, they're going to try to find they're going to try to find a way 
for Ryan Matthews to fit into this offense. I know Mike Tolbert's. I mean, he, he's he's outstanding, but uh, they got to get the young guy involved, and they're going to do everything they can to make sure he gets involved. So I I, I really see uh, I see Tolbert getting his, but I see Ryan Matthews getting more than uh, what you what you may think, uh, Jeff. I, I really do. Well, we pretty much covered the 4 o'clock games, so we got three more primetime games, and we missed one 1 o'clock, which we may go back to if we got time. So let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys at the New York Jets mm-hmm. on Sunday Night Football. Bye, Cowboys. <laughs> so you like the Cowboys in this one? That's my team, my Cowboys. Uh, do I like the Cowboys in this one? Uh, I'm not so sure. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh they're, they're going to be able to uh, establish a running game, and uh, once they do that, then uh, Miles Austin and the other receivers, they're going to be able to have some fun. Uh, they're going to have to establish the running game first off. Uh, if they don't establish the running game, this is going to be a boat race. I mean, uh, New York is going to have uh, – they're, they're going to hit the crap out of Dallas. But I really feel like Felix Jones is going to have fun with this. Uh, he's going to be able to embrace the opportunity to be able to be the number one guy. And I see Felix Jones having a huge game, and that's going to open it up for uh, Jason Witten and uh, those guys uh, to just be able to, you know, catch the ball, uh, be in Romo, Tony Romo's uh, comfort zone. Well, this is one of those games where you're torn as a fan in allegiance and fantasy because I really like, for fantasy, all the Cowboys except Felix Jones. I'm not a big fan of Felix Jones, uh, and I really wouldn't hitch my game plan to Felix Jones. I would pitch it to Tony Romo and Jason Witten and Des Bryant. I think those guys are going to do very well, especially if Revis Island has population Miles Austin this week. Yeah. So I I think that those guys are going to do very well this week. I don't know that Felix Jones, you're going to rely on a ground game to establish the passing game. I think you really establish the pass to, to set up to run. Uh, I think that's really the way to go. And I would spread out, uh, I would put three wide and I'd go 11 personnel and get Witten on there at a single back with Felix Jones. Uh, or maybe even an empty backfield and go, for, I don't know if Dallas has the fourth wide receiver to do it, but... I think I would go 11 personnel with Felix Jones in the backfield, and I would throw the ball a lot, at least 40 times against the Jets. Now the Jets are probably going to throw a lot, which, which is going to—it sounds crazy, but—and Sean Green director is going to be upset this week, but they're going to throw the ball a lot this week because uh, the 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 D backs are are really banged up for Dallas. Dallas's weakness again is the secondary. I think Jenkins is going to be out. They may be starting Skandrick back there. They, I don't know what they're starting back there. It's going to be it's going to be ugly. But if if Sanchez, if there's every week that Sanchez can actually post thirty plus points and a very good fantasy game, this could be it. I just don't know if it's hard for me mentally to think that the Jets can get thirty plus points, but I can see Dallas doing it. So that was a very tough for me to call us. I took Dallas in the points. I can see this game as twenty seven twenty four in either direction. Yeah, you know. Twenty-seven, twenty-four, in either direction. Uh, you know that sounds uh, absolutely perfect, Jeff. Uh, because I mean, I think that's where it's going to be. Uh, both teams are going to score. Uh, they're going to score. Uh, you know, not a ton, but they're going to score enough to where uh, 
fantasy owners uh, will be happy. Uh, what about New England and Miami? Uh, that's going to be a fun game to watch. New England, Miami. Is does the law firm? How much does the law firm have any? Well, I think the law firm will start charging by the hour in the second half of that game. I think that what's going to happen is that we're going to see the established uh, the, the Patriot game. If you remember, I think it was I'm not sure who I think they were playing Detroit on Thanksgiving, and they they really threw the ball a lot in the first half, and then they ran it in the second half. That's going to be the recipe that they're going to be going for this year. I think the Patriots are angry. They haven't won a playoff game, and it seems like a long time, even though they everybody thinks they keep winning everything. And they're going to come out, and they're going to throw the ball a ton in the first half, both to Hernandez and Gronkowski and Welker. And I think Chad Ochocinco is going to actually show up and perform pretty well on, on prime time. I think that's a perfect time for him to debut as a uh, Patriot. I think Brady could have three or four touchdowns in the first half against Miami's defense. Miami's defense is is not bad. They were the top ten defense last year, but Tom Brady is Tom Brady. I think they're going to establish the passing, put up you know three or four touchdowns in the first half, and then just grind it out and run out the clock in the second half. And they're going to run the ball with Jarvis Green Ellis and Ridley and Woodhead on short passes in the second half. And Brady may now may not even finish the game. Because it'll be it'll be so one sided. I don't trust Miami's offense whatsoever. Uh, I don't. They can't. Miami won't come out and surprise New England with a wildcat this year. It's not going to happen. Ronnie Brown's not there. Reggie Bush uh, is going to be your number one running back. That's a tough call against a very good defense. Daniel Thomas is banged up. Larry Johnson was signed. I mean, are you are you really going to hitch it? Bottom line, do, who do you want, Chad Henney or Tom Brady? I'll take Tom Brady. This is my lock. This is this is my game of the week. I had the Patriots winning this, and if you want to play a game, tease the Patriots and the under. I think the Patriots minus one, under 52. I think the Patriots may score 40, but the Miami may not score 10. Hey, you, you know what? You're dead on it, Jeff. This, this could be a 35-3 to three game. I, I, I could see uh, that's the recipe I see playing over and over in my mind, yeah. and we're just waiting. We're just sitting there waiting. Uh, well, I guess we got a little bit of time before the Oakland Denver game. <laughs> yeah. we're, ble- we're blessed with two Monday night games on that night, so we got Oakland and Denver, and that's interesting because Oakland's getting points in Denver, and I, I don't understand that. I, I just uh, someone has to explain that to me because Oakland was six and zero last year in their division. Oakland is getting three points at Denver. Denver's defense, last I checked, was terrible, and they lost people on the defense. I know Von Miller is looking like a very good pass rusher, but he's one guy. And Oakland's got all these guys that most people haven't heard of, plus Darren McFadden. Darren McFadden, you know, you know, he's getting a ton of hype. I'm hearing comparisons to Marshall Falk and all these different names out there, but they're going to get him the ball a lot. Jason Campbell is going to get the ball outside because he's not going to really work the tight end. Kevin Boss is now the tight end, not Zach Miller. They're going to get the ball in the hands of Jacoby Ford and Denarius Moore, and people are going to be scratching their head at these two guys' names, but Ford is going to break out, and he's going to have a great game. Denver is going to be figuring out what their offense is, what it should be. They're going to try and establish a run, be down 21 nothing, and say, well, maybe we should let Orton throw it deep to Lloyd once or twice. And they'll connect because Namdi Ashimawa is not a corner there anymore. But Oakland is going to go into Denver, and they're going to win, and they're going to win by at least a touchdown. I I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Oakland and 
you know, that that is a team that is scary good because their defense is good. Uh, they have, uh, you know, a brass. They have the Al Davis way about them right now. Uh, but their defense is scary good. Uh, you know, I posted uh, on a site that uh, I like two teams to make the playoffs, and they were uh, uh, they were Oakland and Detroit. And I like one team to win the Super Bowl. And I've got my team uh, bottled up, but I don't want to uh, – we can talk about it here in the next uh, couple minutes, but uh, – you know, talking about this Oakland-Denver game, I think Oakland can score enough, and I think the defense will hold Denver to, you know, I, I see it being something like a 21-10 to type of game. I think Oakland might even score more than that. I said, but I, I, I definitely agree with you. I think Oakland's definitely going to win this game. Quickly, we got one game we skipped, which was Tennessee and Jacksonville. Any thoughts there? Yes. Uh, Jacksonville, uh, they pretty much given up on a quarterback situation. They're, uh, I think they're going for the uh, the locker uh, suck for uh, luck lottery. <laughs> but uh, the one thing about uh, that team is, uh, you know, you still as a fantasy owner, you have Murray Jones through. You want him to do well, and uh, you want to get all you can out of uh, Jones through. So, uh, that, I mean, is, is there enough there? Uh, is there enough passing there to make him comfortable? Can he come up out of the backfield to, uh, you know, get some passes? I don't know. I mean, as an MJD owner, I'm very uncomfortable right now. Uh, yeah, I would Tennessee be. And, uh, Chris Johnson, I think he'll, I think he'll run wild. Yeah, I think I would be worried about both running backs. I don't know if Chris Johnson, I mean, everybody's saying he looks fine, looks great. There's still a risk for me that he may tweak something in the first week back. He hasn't played a snap yet of real real speed football yet, and now he's going to go in there week one and try and do so. It, it, it scares me a little. It scares me a little. And I had a draft the other night, and I had, I had the second pick, and Ray Rice went first, and I went LaShawn McCoy. Because I think he's the safest pick in a PPR league at number two. Because I think that you know all the other guys have got a little asterisk of you know downside risk. Who who who's got a shot of being? Lit? Johnson was the only other consideration there for me, and I, I skipped him on purpose. But I think he's got the potential to, to explode that night. But he's also got the, the potential to really tweak something. So I would have Deji Karim if I own Maurice Jones, uh, Maurice Jones Drew, and I would go get Ringer or Harper. Probably Harper now. Harper is actually healthier than Ringer, and I've been uh, banging the drum on Harper for a while now. That I would go and get him if if Ringer was taken. So we got got a couple. Yeah, Uh, go ahead. July first. Who was the number one pick overall in your opinion? July first. I think it was Arian Foster. Okay. Uh, August first. Who was the number one pick? Uh, Oof. Um. Either Chris Johnson or Ray Rice. And September 1st, who is the number one pick? Probably Ray Rice, but I'd say Adrian Peterson is probably number one at some point in there, too. Okay. Well, the only reason I ask those questions is because so much changed between July and September. I mean, you know, it was, it it happened that fast. Uh, You know, if, uh, 
you're like I am. Uh, we're in some draft masters leagues and uh, some things like that, and uh, you have to forecast uh, those things. And it's hard to forecast. Uh, it's hard to forecast a hamstring by Aaron Foster. It's hard to forecast a, uh, you know, a holdout by Chris Johnson. But right now, uh, I think Chris Johnson. Uh, you know, I, I think he's he's. Pretty much number one, uh, well, number two behind Ray Rice. But uh, it was it was amazing to me, Jeff, how Ray Rice just exploded up the charts. Well, I think that the, the, the safety factor, the fact that McGahee's no longer there, the fact that uh, McLean's no longer there, the fact that Vonta, Vonta Leach has been added as a fullback, and they're saying that you know, Ricky Williams is definitely the number two, and he's the purely just to spell him now and then he's not going to steal carries that alone just saying feature running back how many of them are out there plus he gets just a lot of passes out of the backfield so a lot of people love Ray Rice this year and I can almost write the same script for LaShawn McCoy except for the fact that Vic steals some rushing touchdowns but if you've seen the Eagles this year there's still questions on the offensive line so there's going to be a lot of dump off passes that go from from Vic to McCoy so I make a strong case that he's the number two running back uh, because you throw Jamal Charles out there and, and they've got a suspect offense. Pretty much everybody else has got you know injury or potential for injury. I had a lockout issue. Adrian Peterson has a bad offensive line. The Eagles are going to dump the ball off to LaShawn McCoy five times a week because Brent Selleck is going to be blocking because he needs to help. Right. So once yeah. you get past those Ray Rice and LaShawn McCoy, it's question marks all over the field, and I don't blame anybody in a PPR league who says, you know what, I'll take uh, Calvin Johnson or, or uh, A.J., uh, Andre Johnson, and uh, I'll roll with the punches and take a running back in round two or round three. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Jeff, uh, I'm going to get out of here, and uh, you know what? Great job, my brother. Awesome job of uh, hosting uh, Red versus Blue, and uh, just in, enjoyed every minute of it. I, I enjoy every minute of uh, talking fantasy sports with you. Uh, you you got a great mind, and it's fun to uh, it's fun to uh, bend your ear. Thank you, Mike. It's always fun to get on the air and talk it up. I uh, I do several radio spots throughout the week, but jumping out jumping out there and um you know hosting the show now and then is a, it's it's fun you know I may have to do this a little bit more often we'll have to see but uh you know everybody out there just enjoy the games this week you know uh, have fun you know drink it all in we've been begging for football to be back and now it's back we got college we got the pro game on Sunday we got two games on Monday night I know a lot of my uh, fellow East Coasters and probably Central Time Zones are going to be bleary eyed but we're going to have a smile on our face come Tuesday morning Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Thanks, Jeff. I, I, I really appreciate it, Bob. Uh, anytime, Mike. And I appreciate all the listeners out there who joined us this time. And uh, a special last shout-out to all, all the guys at the FFPC and the Football Guys Championship. They're out in Vegas this week, drafting right now. Hope they're having a great draft. They'll be out there enjoying the game. Watch them on the big, big screen and all the casinos. So have a good one, guys. All right. Thanks, man. All right. I think we're done.